everybody, this is Brian Bickering of Manly Matters, the travel and tourism channel. You know that I discuss Maine tourism impacts, adventure and excursion, and what makes Maine vacation land. Hey, listen, the ice is out. It's started to get out. We're starting to see little icebergs kind of head out to Kennebec and other places throughout Maine, and it's time to start thinking about what we're going to do. Well, I'm telling you what you should do. You guys should get on a windjammer cruise, or maybe you should get on a schooner, and maybe you should meet some of the people here in Maine that live that life. You know, when you're in your office, in your cubicle, in Boston, New York, around the world, you know you're thinking about this. And so I had to invite the coolest guy. Listen, I I, I shop for this guy. I look for the coolest guy that I could find, and everybody pointed to this guy by the name of Sam Sikama. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Captain. I should have said it's captain. I'm sorry, sir. I should have been captain. I mean, you're pretty... <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm not offended. I'm just, I think you worked hard for that rank, right? So, uh... Uh, yeah, it, it does definitely take some work. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about before we get into the un- unraveling, you know, the wind jammer and schooner and being a captain, just tell us about how did you get into this business? Cause it's kind of an interesting job. You know, I have a, I've had a born job. I've been in those cubicle worlds, finance, <laughs> all that stuff, but now I get to talk to cool, smart people like you. So, let me just live vicariously through you. So tell us about how you got into this business. What was young Sam thinking when he was uh, sure. 13? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, I was lucky to grow up around the water as a child. Uh, I was, I'm from southwestern Michigan and uh, grew up uh, with the Great Lakes ever present in my life. And uh, I've always been sort of a um, history buff. And, uh, you know, the two things kind of... Uh, when I was in high school kind of, uh, led together I ended up working for, uh, the maritime museum that was in my hometown. Mm -hmm. Um, and we worked around the waterfront there. I also, um, was part of the sea scouts when I was a kid and, uh, which is basically, you know, it's a, it's an arm of the boy scouts and they get uh, kids uh, into sailing and getting them on the water. And, uh, you know, part of that is teaching you about what kind of jobs you could have on and around the water. And I was sort of bit by that. And, um, thought that uh, making a living on the water was pretty cool. So I said, yes. not going to college. I don't need to do that. I can just get a job. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what I did. So I ended up uh, right out of high school. I yeah. started, uh, you know, I was working for this maritime museum, but then I found that there's a number of these traditional sailing vessels and, and also old historic sailing vessels that still operate in right. this country. And I started embarking on a career that, you know, mostly took me through, um, you know, old sailing ships and yeah. museums and stuff like that. Did you ever consider pirate? Was that, was that part of your list? Did you say, <laughs> did you say, well, you I know, they, have... they do arrest you for that. <laughs> that's and I not a good figured uh, staying out of jail was a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's a good idea. You know, kind of like, you know, you don't want to be a, yeah, it's like on a horse. You don't want to be the black hat guy, you know, you want to be right, the good guy. Right. So, yeah. So I'm glad you're a good guy. So how long, so, so becoming, um, I mean, you, so talk about the stages of, of being on a ship, you start like a, you know, a swab and then you kind of go up to, yep. how do you get to become a captain? Well, it's, you know, one of the things I think is very interesting about the maritime industry is it's something that, um, you know, going to sea and seamanship is not something that you can fake. And right. really the only way to, to do it is to get experience doing it, mm-hmm. especially sailing vessels. A lot of it in, in a lot of ways, it's still sort of an oral tradition, right? You know, you, you learn it from the people who know it, you get that experience. Um, so yeah, you start out working as a deckhand, or in my case, I started out just working as, you know, as, as a volunteer helping, you know, do maintenance and stuff like that. And, um, 
you know, you spend some time doing that. You put in a certain amount of, you log a certain amount of uh, time. And then after you've done it for a while, if you decide you want to keep going with the career, then you can sit for a Coast Guard license. And there's a bunch of different graduations of, you know, so you start out with your kind of your smallest level mm-hmm. license that takes the least amount of time to get. And then, you know, as soon as you have enough experience that people will hire you for, you know, jobs further up the ranks, you just, you know, start progressing and then put in more time and get a bigger license. Yeah. There you go. You end up to be captain at some point. And can you marry people? And have you married people? <laughs> well, uh, technically, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, certainly. <laughs> right. uh, you know, but that's uh, more a function of uh, getting a justice of the peace than it is being a, a captain in and of themselves actually can't marry people anymore that used oh, to be true okay. it's not the case yeah now. that's that's too bad that's too bad it's kind of a so my that, yeah my son actually um a couple of years ago he actually went on the is it the harvey um the harvey um harvey gamage gamage and uh I, and he yeah, that's i've been the captain of the harvey gamage yeah he had a great time he uh you know it's interesting two weeks um up the coast of maine and um he was a little he was a little uh worried about it initially but when he got back you know what the first thing he said he loved there's two things that he loved of course, a lot of things that he loved, but he loved the fact that he, you did not allow him to take his phone. So social media was not part of his life for, uh-huh. for two yep. weeks. He loved that yep. part. And he said for the first time, I think he almost weeped a bit. He won't, he won't like me saying this, but he said, I saw stars for the first time off of Mount yep. Desert Island. You know, he said, I, I've never seen stars like that, you know? So, so it is an, it's an experience and it's, you know, that's the things we look at here on this show. We look at those things, you know, who are the people behind running these amazing experiential um, opportunities in Maine? And, uh, you know, and so, you know, one of the things I, I'll, I'll circle back to, you know, like who are the owners of this thing, but let's just talk a little bit about, you know, the governance or the, you know, the, the, the association, because collectively there, there's more than the boat that you're on, which is the, mm-hmm. Victory Chimes. Yep. So, so can you give us a little bit about you know, my listeners? A little bit about you know who is the Windjammer Association and and what is their what is their aim? Yeah. So the uh, Maine Windjammer Association is a um, is a professional group of nine different vessels. They are all um, individually owned. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, as a group, uh, using our group resources, uh, you know, advertise for, uh, you know, the sort of the greater good of trying to bring people into Maine for this experience, uh, getting the word out there. And we also uh, get together for uh, different fleet activities during the summer. Uh, we have a we have a race. Um, we have uh, one, one event that we call a, a GAM, which is where we actually go to a little secluded cove somewhere and tie all of the windjammers up together. Oh, my God. That's uh, not for fun. The night, which yeah. Is, yeah, which is spectacular. Yeah. Um, and a number of other things like that. So it's, you know, it creates this... Uh, cohesive working environment for all these different businesses that are doing the same thing and passionate about the, the same goals. So I know that when I go to, to the site, if I want to get on a, a windjammer or a schooner, I, I end up at the uh, the main windjammercruises.com. Is that correct? Yeah, sailmaincoast. Sa- yep, sailmaincoast. Um, and then I got uh, a selection of fleets and schedules and so forth, and I can pick the one that I want. I learn a little bit more about it. My guess is is that the way that I'm, I've been talking to um, resorts around Maine so far, how is your booking looking so far? I, I would say across the fleet, it, it feels like it's uh, it, it's looking pretty strong this year. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, you know, hoping that people keep booking and we, we keep bringing more people in. Um, but uh, I do think that, you know, people are people want to get out. 
yeah. right now. This is this is the time that people have been feeling cooped up, and uh, you know, the best way that you can connect with nature, I think, and around the coast of Maine, and also your fellow human beings, is to to take a windjammer trip. That's right. Yeah. And so, so I noticed that um, on the site, there's a number of ships. I don't want to go through each one of them a bit, but you actually particularly uh, captain one of those those uh, those ships, correct? Yes, yeah. Victory Chimes. So, so tell us a little bit about that. I understand it has kind of an interesting history. Built in 1900, Bethel, Delaware. Um, it was had a different name at first, and it became the Victory Chimes. So, tell us a little bit about that trajectory. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, she was uh, launched in April of 1900 as the Edwin and Maud. She was named for the the owner's children. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Ed, Edwin and Maud Riggin. Uh, and yeah, she was uh, entered the U.S. Merchant Service as one of the vessels that, you know, is just the absolute backbone of the economy of the East coast is all of these schooners just moving goods and cars. Like we think of semi trucks nowadays, you know, this is before roads were really a thing. Trucking wasn't a thing yet. Right. So much commerce moved by the water. And this was one of the ships that, you know, fueled the building boom of the East coast. They mm -hmm. moved mostly lumber uh, and, and timber products um, around the Chesapeake Bay and the Carolinas um, and she did that uh, very successfully. She was a very financially successful vessel, made her owners a lot of money until 1946. And that's when she entered the passenger trade mm -hmm. uh, in the Chesapeake Bay originally mm -hmm. uh, until the mid 50s. She came to Maine in the mid 50s and the people who brought her up to Maine thought the name Edwin and Maud sounded like a pair of mules. <laughs> it wasn't quite sexy <laughs> it, enough it for it what does, they wanted actually. to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they renamed her Victory Chimes yeah. at that point, which was actually had been the name of another schooner, that yeah. Canadian built schooner that had been sailing around up here. And then for the most part, she spent uh, you know, the rest of, uh, up until the mid eighties, she was here in Maine do, doing wind jamming trade. Um, she was taking the Great Lakes briefly and then the real turn of the story is that Domino's Pizza bought the vessel. No way. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. In the, huh. in the late 80s, Domino's was, a, you know, was one of the largest corporations in the United States. They yeah. owned all kinds of stuff. I mean, the, Tom Monahan owned the Detroit Tigers and mm -hmm. the planes and yachts. But they actually took their employees out mm -hmm. on like employee incentive cruises. Mm -hmm. And they bought the Victory Chimes to, to go into that trade with with them and uh, they did massive amount of work to the ship um the only unfortunate part of that story is that they renamed the vessel domino effect oh yeah yeah that's wrong yeah that's wrong <laughs> well um yeah that being said though i if dominoes hadn't taken over the ship at that time she might not exist anymore because they it was at a point in her life where she needed a lot of work to, mm. to stay alive and they put that work into her wow um, but then Domino's, Tom Monahan sold Domino's pizza. I, I, to understand it was the first corporation to sell for $1 billion. Mm. Um, and they divested all those ships and yachts and planes. And, right. um, and then she came back to Maine to be a windjammer and be renamed the Victory Chimes. So she's been here since that was 1991. So who are we talk about? Who are the current owners and how is that set up now? Who, um, yeah. How does that work? So I own the Victory Chimes. Oh, um, all right. Or I, of course, yeah. I'd like to say more that Camden National Bank owns. Sure, the Chimes. sure. Um, yeah. So you know, all of these vessels that are here are actually uh, one of the things that I think is really uh, very interesting and unique about, and it's definitely something that makes the experience pretty cool. Is that all of these the captains of these vessels here in Maine are all owner operators. Okay. Okay. Um, so you know, we take a lot of care about what our business is and we're all very passionate about making it work i love that um mm. so you know it's uh it has a very 
more mom and pop feel to it than yeah. let's say a, a cruise line would. Yeah. So, so you're, um, you're, uh, an owner and operator. You're, you're on that boat every day, pretty much, I would guess. Um, you know, what are the things that keep you up at night running a ship like this? I mean, I'm sure, you know, like anybody, like from farms to the ocean, um, weather plays a big part of me. Um, how does, so talk to us about that. Like what, are, what keeps you up at night? Running out of coffee. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> me too. I had the same, you and I, you and I have the same concerns. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, but man, okay. I fear it. Oh it man, did. it's a fear, isn't it? Yeah. Making sure. You know, good um, yeah. The things that keep me, to, to be honest with you, one of the things that I love mm -hmm. about doing this job is that the weather in Maine in the summertime is, for the most part, is pretty benign. Yeah. It, it historically always has been. Yeah. Um, we have th this amazing body of water to sail in that is, it's protected. We have amazing anchorages. I mean, the best anchor holding ground in the world is some of the places here in Maine. I tend to sleep pretty well at night because I I know I've got a good crew yeah. that are looking after things. Um, you know, we know what the weather's doing for the most part. You know, it's pretty predictable, and uh, I, I would say that you know we are fortunate in all of those things that uh, we get to have a good night's sleep. And what's uh, what's the season? What did you do? You, do you dry dock or do you do what? What happens during the winter? Uh, during the winter, the ships, uh, all of them, stay late up here in Rockland. Okay. Um, you know, that's, uh, we put covers on them and so the snow doesn't, uh, you know, fill up the decks and whatnot, but right. they, they sit here pretty happily. It's, yeah. uh, cold is actually good for old wooden ships. They, they tend to like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, then we start, we all kind of get going around the beginning of April, mm -hmm. um, start doing, you know, do a solid couple of months of, of maintenance and cleaning and, you know, getting everything ready. And most vessels start sailing by Memorial day weekend. Okay. Okay. And then we'll sail, we'll run trips. We, we really won't even take a day off all the way through to the beginning of October. Okay. That's a long stretch. So what is, what is uh, captain Sam do off season? Well, uh, it depends. Every season's a little different. So it depends kind of on what the needs of the ship are. This, this winter, we were actually uh, making some new sails for the ship. Um, so that took up a bunch of time. Uh, -huh. uh, I, uh, you know, I like to, I like to travel a little bit if I can. Sometimes I travel for work. A lot of times I'll go run educational vessels sometime in the wintertime. I'll, Harvey Gamage is a great example of that. Um, I'll go down and, um, world ocean school has the schooner Roseway. I'm captain for them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, myriad of things, a lot of, but a lot of it rotates around what we need to do to maintain and keep victory chimes operating. You know, I've been, I've been trying to find a way since I saw a movie to, to get this into a sentence and you just gave me the opportunity. So slapping the base. So what's going, <laughs> you've been slapping the base. I heard. So what's going on with the bass playing and jazz? Uh, yes, I was very into music when I was in high school. Yeah. I was actually considering, um, pretty seriously considering going to music school, becoming a musician. Um, I've always had a passion for music. I love playing music. And uh, well, that's one of the things that was a lot of fun to be able to uh, bring to the Victory Chimes was uh, we a lot of trips during the summer, we'll have musicians come along. Right. Yeah, well, that's great. And, uh, it's an amazing setting for live acoustic music, you know, secluded cove and the sunset and, mm. you know, listening to music wafting across the water. And uh, so that's been a, a really uh, cool and interesting opportunity to, to we don't have uh, music on every trip necessarily, but I would say, you know, there's a bunch of them during the summer that musicians come along. On. I'm not sure if you answered my question. Are you still playing? 
am I still, you know, I found going to sea for a living, uh, bringing an upright double bass along was kind of prohibitive. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. So I stopped playing for a while. I actually started playing again. I've, I've got my bass back uh, about a year or so ago and I've, I've started to pick it up again but you know you uh, you put something down for 10 years and oh, uh, get kind of rusty <laughs> yeah yeah i do the same thing with my guitar which I, I started when i was in high school and i still got the same six chords you know what i mean yep. still stay hey, you can do a lot with six chords. <laughs> you can you can so i'm not sure if you listened to my show before but my listeners will know that this is the part i try not to tell my guests this but this is the game show portion I actually have oh. a set of, uh, I have some judges off to my right here that are listening, and we've got just three questions for you, okay? We're not going to trick you, but we are going to stay somewhat industry-oriented, so you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. all right. The first question is, all right, what is a scuttlebutt? What is a scuttlebutt? A scuttlebutt is uh, is like a, it's a water canteen, essentially, mm-hmm. that they <clears> used to keep on deck on sailing ships and keep the sailors hydrated. Yeah. And and so, how did it get that uh, that other name, the other connotation that goes with it? <clears throat> well, uh, as the water cooler is now, it's a great place to uh, hang out and gossip. Yeah. So I'm checking with my judges. They say you're 100 percent right. You got one for one. <laughs> good. You're good. You're sorry. So the next one, they get harder. They get harder. Okay, Sam. So oh, oh boy. Huh? These these have been given to me. Don't 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 shoot the messenger. Okay, on these. Okay. <laughs> so this one here is. What do they do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? Uh, well, nowadays we, uh, we just throw them overboard, but uh, or get, <laughs> send them packing. Uh, what do they do with a drunken sailor? I think the best line I've ever heard to that song, uh, sung by a New Zealander, was um, strap him to the radar until he's sterile. Um, let me just check that. Yes, that's a 2020 answer. Yep, you're right. You're two for two right now. Actually, you're doing better than my previous guest so far. Um, <clears throat> so here's the last one. Okay, this is going to be somewhat political, and it could could harm it. It could actually damage your reputation. So you better be you better be good on this. Okay. Well, all, all right. right. Okay. All right. I'm ready. What is the difference between New England clam chowder and Manhattan clam chowder? I'm going to throw in the towel on this one. I'm, I'm not even going to, I'm, I'm just going to have to say that, that <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I Captain, don't. Captain, go down with the ship, my friend. Come on. Go down <laughs> with the ship. All right. The only difference is, is that one is made with you know, thick, creamy, white, milky substance. And the other one is made with tomato, tomato paste, you know? So, oh, there you go. so, so actually no, the, 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 the judges just stopped me. They're going to give you the point because you didn't know. All right, you're you're one hundred percent. You got you got three for three. All right, you're, all right, good job. Back to the show. Okay, so um, the history. So that you know, you talked a little bit about the history of the boat, your background. So you know, when customers you know come on, they they talk about the duration that they can go on, and what is their expectation when they get on a boat, and what do you offer them that maybe is is something that that exceeds that expectation. Well. Um- <clears throat> To start with the length of the trips, we go uh, out uh, anywhere from three nights is the shortest trip that we do to six nights. And, um, you know, expectations is an interesting thing because uh, we what we do is very foreign to a lot of people. You know, a lot of people haven't haven't experienced being on the water, certainly haven't experienced being on, uh, you know, large uh, traditional sailing vessel. Um, I would say what I, the expectation that I want people to show up with yeah. is that, um, they're here to experience something new that they haven't experienced before. They're here to, um, experience, um, you know, 
nature in a way that they haven't experienced it before. Mm -hmm. And they're here to have a social experience that I think is actually altogether rare these days in that, uh, you don't very often end up with a group of strangers that, um, you are in sort of a, a close place with, and uh, you know, and, and uh, by the end of a certain you know, period of time, however long a trip is, you're good friends with a lot of these right. people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really kind of what um, that whole opportunity is. And so let's say I'm a, uh, I'm a seasoned sailor, but I'd like to just experience your boat. Can I, uh, can I get involved? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, I, I grew up sailing on, uh, on training ships and educational vessels and, uh, you know, a lot of the crew that I have, uh, you know, come from the training ship background and we love to teach and share, um, what, you know, what we do, uh, on board. And yeah, we definitely encourage people who want to jump in and lend a hand uh, mm-hmm. to do so. Yeah. So to take us as, as a captain who's seen the main coast, probably more than most, um, what is your favorite cruise? What is your favorite destination? Take Man, us through. That it. is yeah. hard. That is a hard question to answer. I will say, <clears throat> uh, my, my, fa- I, I mean, I like everything that we do, but my favorite trips that we do are the six night trips. I really, enjoy the longer ones because it allows us to roam a little bit further. Some of the further out islands that we can experience on those longer trips. I mean, you feel like you're on the edge of the earth. Um, you know, Frenchboro, Long Island, Monhegan, Matinicus. Uh, I really love going to Swan's Island. Um, you know, there's, but there's just so many, I mean, even places right here, just a stone's throw from Rockland, you know, in North Haven and Vinyl Haven, just some of the most beautiful spots, on the main coast, in my opinion. So, uh, favorite spot is, uh, is difficult. Typically I only go to my favorite spots mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them. So, yeah. Okay. So, so we're going to get the best of the best when we go with you because you have cherry picked what you like to do. Sounds to me. Well, and also we're still exploring, you know, the yeah. main coast is there's three over 3000 islands here. It's, you know, if you string it all together, it's about 7,000 miles of coastline. You yeah. can go a long, long time as a, as a mariner sailing here. Yeah. And not have seen everything. So sometimes it's exciting to explore a new place you haven't been to with mm-hmm. everybody. So what happens at night? I'm on a six-day, six-night tour with you. What happens at night typically? What is? Give me the setting as a as a guest. Yeah. So usually in uh, the evening, some point late afternoon or evening, uh, we'll sail into a cove somewhere, drop the anchor. Um, a lot of times there's, you know, there might be time to go swimming if people want the, you know, the bracing experience of main water in the summertime. Um, we have a number of small boats for either, you know, rowing or small boat sailing that we take out sometimes and do a little spin around the cove or what have you. And, um, you know, we got appetizers and dinner comes up if the weather's nice. Um, you know, we, we do it on deck where you can, you know, take in the scene, um, you know, late summer, sunsets in Maine are just often really spectacular. And especially mm-hmm. if you're in, in a place where you just feel away from civilization, you know, mm-hmm. there's no road noise, you can't hear any cars and, yeah. and as the sun sets and, and the sky gets dark, you can see some of the most amazing stars that you can see from sea level. Yeah. So there's so little light pollution around. Yeah, I know. That's, that's amazing. So what am I eating at, at night and in the morning and during the day? I would say um, we really strive for uh, a lot of classic New England fare. Um, you know, we want good, hearty food. Want people to feel like uh, they went away well fed. Um, you know, breakfast can 
range anywhere from, you know, the main staple blueberry pancakes to, um, you know, mm. eggs Benedict and uh, biscuits and gravy. And, you know, uh, usually we always serve lunch on deck. A lot of times we try and make, uh, you know, nice sandwiches and soups for lunch. And uh, dinner time will roll around with, uh, you know, depending on how the chef is feeling, anything from, uh, you know, uh, we do a lobster bake one evening and, you know, steak dinner or uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it can be a, a wide range. Yeah. And what is the, what is the crew to, um, to guest ratio? So we sail with up to 38 guests, mm-hmm. uh, on board and, um, there are nine of us on the crew of the ship. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I'm a, I'm a, I come from the, uh, the small shipping, uh, background as well. And I find that that is the best experience. Even if you're under 200, you're doing really well. You know, of course, this is a more of a tighter situation, but I think it's very personal. And uh, so how, so talk to me about how I'm sleeping. Where am I sleeping and how am I sleeping? Articulate that for us. Yeah. Um, so the inside of the ship is uh, segmented into cabins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say all of the wind jammers differ a little bit in how the cabins are set up. Some, you know, are more shared spaces. Uh, some have uh, more single cabins. Um, but, you know, each each one of these vessels, you get a really cozy place to tuck into at night mm-hmm. with a, you know, with a couple of nice blankets and soft pillows and, uh, you know, more than enough space for your stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people don't spend a lot of time in the cabins, right. uh, you know, out experiencing it. But I would say that, uh, for the most part, it, it's pretty, it's pretty cozy and it's pretty nice to tuck in after a day of sailing around. So I'm uh, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm here. So maybe I'm smelling some bacon. Maybe and you uh, might. And uh, and then I got this. I uh, hear the I hear the um the ropes you know clinger clatter. I hear a little bit of activity. Um, am I eating first? Are we underway at some certain time in the morning, or is that up to uh, weather and situation? Yeah, it depends. You know, eat eat every single trip is different. Uh, every single day of every single trip, we do a little bit different. I mean, it is it is an unscripted. Right. adventure in that you know we take what you know mother nature gives us and you know find out how to best use that for the most interesting experience mm-hmm. most of the time we don't go sailing until you know everybody's had a nice meal and eaten breakfast a lot of times we'll go in the morning yeah we'll go for a walk somewhere okay you know we'll get uh, we'll we'll get off the ship go to a beach uh go to a secluded island for a hike mm-hmm. go to uh you know one of the small coastal fishing villages here or something mm-hmm. of the like and then uh Usually we'll, you know, get underway after that and go sail off to the next place. And, uh, I always, I always liked this cause when I was a kid, talk to us about night watch. Who's doing night watch? Your, your crew. Yeah. Yeah. The That's crew. Yeah. Yeah. The crew, they all take turns. There's ever the worst job ever. 24 seven. Well, yeah. I don't, you know, <laughs> I always liked it in that, yeah. uh, you know, in the middle of the night in mm. a calm, nice, warm summer night, you got mm. the ship all to yourself. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it can be, it can be a little nice. peaceful thing, right? Well, you know, we've got this, uh, this year, you, you have, congratulations. You've made it through at least, uh, you know, part, most of the, the COVID situation. And I'm sure yeah. you were probably dry docked for a while, like a lot of excursions were around the world. Um, but you're coming out of it now. And, uh, so talk to us a little bit uh, about what to expect, uh, the summer of, uh, 22. Uh, yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, we are just, <clears throat> thrilled that we have made it through I know, I know. Uh, to be sailing again. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for this summer. We got a lot of, you know, we've got a lot of cool events coming. 
Um, I'm excited to, you know, get out and uh, see the other wind jammers sailing around us again. Um, I'm hoping that the coast of Maine is, uh, you know, is, is busy this year and that there's some, uh, that there's some excitement and energy around that. Yeah. Um, you know, we here on the victory chimes are looking for, we got a, couple, a bunch of great musicians coming and <clears> I think we got some really interesting trips lined up. So well, I'm great. looking forward to the weather getting a little warmer, getting yeah. the cover off and setting sail. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to that too. And it's just photographically, it's just a beautiful thing. And I'm thinking just the awe uh, of the, the, not just the history, just of how she just sits in the water is a beautiful thing. And I'm sure you never get tired of that. Right. Nope. I, yeah, I, I don't. And yeah. I, I get excited every time I see another one of the schooners pop out from behind mm-hmm. another Island sailing along. I always yeah. get excited to see that it, um, coming around the corner in the, in the small boat and seeing victory chimes sitting in the middle of a little Harbor is, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, it's breathtaking most so, of the time and I, I, yeah, I never yeah. get tired. Of it. I know. So captain Sam, thank you so much. I'm honored. Um, it's with uh, great respect of what you do. Um, we're hoping, tell us, um, again, we've talked a little bit about it, but just tell us where our guests can find more about you and they can make their reservations as quickly as possible. Where do they go? Yeah, go to sailmaincoast.com. Okay. Uh, you get to see all nine of the Windjammers, the Maine Windjammer Association. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can visit their individual websites, learn a little bit more about the owner and operators, and uh, see what we're all doing. Great. Hey, listen, I thank you so much again. Thank you, Sam. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Bickford of Mainly Matters, the Travel and Tourism Channel. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.